Welcome to Grace in 30 on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM and streaming at WERA.FM. This is Ed Malik and I'll be your host for the program tonight. In the midst of a global pandemic, economic disruption, and racial upheaval, it's easy to become overly focused on the negative. As a result, we'll be playing a little more music on Grace and 30 with the hope of occasionally providing a shot of inspiration to people. Tonight, we'll be chatting to the former worship pastor from Grace Community Church in Arlington, Virginia, who now serves in a similar role at the church at Battle Creek in Oklahoma. He's also a songwriter and producer who happened to lead worship at my wife's funeral service, which was simply wonderful. Christian, I welcome you uh, to Grace in 30. Why don't you just tell us about this song we're going to hear, which is called Shepherd that you co-wrote. Well, man, yeah, thank you for having me on the show again. It, it's been it's been a good long while. I really appreciate it. Um, last That's time right. you're a repeat, you're a repeat. Guest. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a couple of years, but, uh, I know it's, it's awesome. Um, the last time I was on, I was, I was doing stuff with grace, you know, grace rising had done some albums and, um, uh, obviously it's a lot has changed since then. Um, uh, but while I was still at grace, um, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, uh, in the fall of 2017, I took a little trip down to Nashville to do some songwriting and uh, met up with a friend of mine uh, from from Dallas. His name's Chris Clayton, and uh, he's a producer and serves at a church there in, in the Nashville area. And Chris agreed to do a co-write with me. And, you know, when you do when you do a co-writing session, a lot of times you're, you, you never really know what you're going to get. You never really know how it's going to go. And Chris and I hadn't written together before. Uh, we were just kind of acquaintances. And so it was really fun to sit down with Chris. And, <clears throat> you know, usually one person will have a song start in their head or a, a snippet that they've been working on or maybe something that's just recently come to them. And Chris sat down and he's like, okay, well, I've got an idea here. Uh, let's just start with this. And he just, he sings, you know, you've carried me through valleys and we've stood high on mountaintops. And that was it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So we, 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 uh, we, we sat down and kind of worked just flowing through that idea. And eventually we were like, you know, this, this song is about a shepherd. This song is about, um, this actually could be a Psalm 23 song. And so, um, I love the fact that we were really focused on, I like I, my heart was really focused on Psalm 23 at the time. It was one of the passages that I've been really latching onto at the time. It's such an iconic and familiar song passage. So many songs have been written about it. Um, but that was kind of where my headspace was. So when I heard you've carried me through valleys and we've stood high on mountaintops, it gave me the imagery of, well, what if this is the, you know, this is the sheep singing to the shepherd, you know, of, of the places that he's carried him and, and led him. And, uh, and so that's kind of where the direction we took the song and it eventually, you know, turned into shepherd. And so over a couple hours, we created a little demo and, and then, um, workshopped it back, uh, at, at grace. We ended up singing it at grace quite a bit. And, uh, but then after I left, I ended up recording it and, uh, releasing it last September on a worship EP that I did called alive and free. And, um, shepherd is definitely, uh, it's definitely been a blessing to me just as a, as a worshiper, not necessarily just as the writer of the song, but as a, as a person who enjoys worshiping God through song. Um, 
because there's been so much change there. there. I've seen God carry me through those valleys and through some of those mountaintops just over the last couple of years since writing Shepherd. And so, how does this song resonate with you right now in the middle of COVID, all of the racial unrest, the economic really just disruption? What does it mean to you? Well, we have had a time of turmoil, a time of needing to focus on our faith in Christ and our faith in God as our provider and our protector and our healer and our the one who guides us. And so as I've as I've been going through these last few months, um, I've just been remembering um, the the bridge of the song. That's you know my helper, my healer, my shelter from the storm, my my keeper. You know all of these different descriptive words that we use for God um, and what it really means to believe in Him as that for us in these moments, um, as the one who restores our souls and leads us to that river of peace. So um, that's. That's really what it's meant to me right now. Without further ado, here's Shepherd.
we're in the middle of a few crises here. We've got COVID, yes. a pandemic, not under control, and it's had a huge economic impact on us. I mean, I'm hearing 40 million people out of work. That's just incomprehensible. And then we have all the racial unrest. And, uh, you know, yeah. what, what are your thoughts of the racial tension that you're seeing? As far as racial uh, tension, I, I see um, I see what's going on in our world as um, just another, it, it's another symptom of the brokenness of sin. And um, uh, as we, you know, Ed, you and I were talking on the phone earlier um, about it, it it's it's been something that in my life, um, I, I admit, I repent, you know, I admit that I, as a, as a white male growing up in this country, I've, I've turned a blind eye to racism. I've not wanted to really acknowledge that it's something that we deal with in 21st century America. Uh, I think that I've had the mentality of, Hey, slavery ended a long time ago. Civil rights movement ended a long time ago. Um, you know, I grew up with lots of black friends, lots of Hispanic friends, lots of Asian friends, lots of uh, people from all over the world that were my friends. And and yet I also recognized that um, even in my family, my grandparents, there, there was cultural racism, you know, that was just a part of their lives. And, and um, that's not something that automatically was healed just because of Martin Luther King. You know, it's not something that was automatically healed just because of a few more decades after that um, and, and Sesame street telling us everybody's the same, you know? Um, and, and so uh, I think that the big thing is as an adult over the last few years, and especially when I was living in DC, it's a, a big melting pot. So many different cultures coming together. My kids went to school with children of all different nationalities coming into, like they were immigrating into the U S maybe they were second generation immigrant families into the U S in their school. And, and as a result, I got to interact with a lot of fun, awesome, different people. And, um, especially at grace, you know, grace is a much more multiracial, multi-ethnic church. Uh, so the four years that I was there, um, I, I, <laughs> I was in heaven, honestly, because I was so excited, um, about, just the the way that it reflected what heaven's going to be like. I you know heaven is not going to be a whole bunch of white people sitting in a in a place worshiping God. You know, yeah. uh, it's going to be all tribes, all tongues, all nations. We will all be together worshiping God. And so, as as a white guy uh, who had only ever really gotten to do white guy music in white guy churches, you know what I'm saying? Uh, going to going to Grace was actually a really big fresh uh, breath of fresh air. Uh, so you know, and and it's funny. I was talking to my friend uh, Brew, who played drums at Grace for several of those years that I was there, um, and and he's one of the most talented people I've ever met. Like Brew and I became best friends while I was there. Uh, but just a couple of days ago, as a result of all the stuff that we're seeing, I just had to text him and be like, "Man, I, how are you holding up?" You know, and it's it's like you just don't even know what to say other than I know that I will never know what it's like to grow up as a black person in this country. I don't have answers. I, I, I just, I want to, I want to let you know that I'm, I love you and I love you as a brother and as an equal. And like, I see your blackness as a wonderful, beautiful part of you. That is an, you know, it's an amazing part of your identity and I see it as a, a wonderful thing, you know? Um, and so I think that's the big thing is just not saying, I don't see your, I don't see you as a, 
a colorful person or whatever you want to call it. Like if, if you're, if you have a friend who's Hispanic or black or Asian or whatever, it's not, not seeing their race, you know, it's seeing their race and recognizing the beauty of their race, you know, and repenting of, um, foolishness that you have, uh, pervade in your life when you didn't, you know, when you maybe for me, it was just thoughtlessness and wanting to be funny as a teenager and making fun of black culture. You know, I have to repent of that. Um, and as a, as a grown man, teach my children that that's not, that's not okay, you know, and that that's not the way to act. Um, that's not showing love to your fellow man. So, um, that's the thing. I think, I think that all of this is going to bring us through as a society to a better place. I, I can't help but believe that. I can't help but believe that as we continue to listen and learn and understand um, that, hey, white privilege is real and it's wrong. And so we need to stop pretending like it's not real just so that we can feel better about ourselves, you know, or our ancestors. Um, yeah, we need to, the key yeah. is we, we got to do the hard work and we got to do it over time. I mean, we can't, That's right. it can't be one sermon or, or a series of sermons and then it's over. Sure. It's, I may have mentioned this to you earlier that uh, I heard someone say, draw the analogy with um, taking an antibiotic. If you got an infection, you got to take that thing, you know, two, three, four times a day for 10 days. You have mm-hmm. to do it again and again and again and again. Sure. You know, all the leadership experts say, you know, great leaders say the same things over and over and over because you need to do that. And someone's got to come up and we we have to do it on a local level and we got to do it on a on a national level, we need leaders. I mean, I really feel like there's a void in leadership and, and, you know, whether in the church, in the government, in so many ways, we, we need some people to step up. I've been praying for ages, for four years, I've been praying for a Josiah like leader. Cause mm. whenever, when I read the snippets about him in the old Testament, it just says there was, there was no King like him. And, and that included David and Solomon before him and, and none after. And that he yeah. was, you know, he just wholeheartedly followed God and the people loved him. And, and he just, and he honored, the God and the law. And he just, you know, he was, um, I, I just would love to have someone rise up and not just here and whether it's, you know, North Korea or Venezuela or Syria or Yemen or Nigeria. I mean, mm-hmm. the world is just filled with leaders that are, you know, just shine a light on the fact that, you know, man cannot govern and he cannot govern man. We're just, we're incredibly flawed. Right. And, right. um, you know, that, that's, that's why it's yeah. exciting. It's the one way to talk to people about, the gospel and the, and the coming kingdom, because we're finally going to get that guy who is, you know, <laughs> yeah. perfectly just, right. perfectly loving, perfectly righteous, perfect, you know, a flourishing society. I mean, whew, I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. And that's and, one of the uh, things that I, uh, you know, I, I think in order to get there, we have to be mindful of, of the history. Uh, you know, we have to be mindful of, um, the culture of, um, Okay, we we live in a society and in a in a world where African American families, you know, at some point sit down and have a have the talk with their kids that hey, you're a person of color in this country and the odds are stacked against you and people are going to look at you differently and there's this, you know, and the white people are more privileged and th- there that conversation has to happen, you know, uh, in those families to protect their children against the dangers and um that's something I never really knew about until uh, I moved here and met some really great African-American friends of mine and, um, that, that told me about that, you know? Um, and because of that, now I'm, I understand more, more, like more deeply, right. The, the reality, right. That it's, it's, it's 2020 
And, uh, you know, my friend Gospel Lee that I, I did Love of a Savior with, he he's helped educate me so much on the Tulsa race massacre that took took place a hundred like ninety nine years ago, a hundred years ago, something like that. Uh, just this week, we celebrated the 99th, we didn't celebrate, we remembered the 99th anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre, where uh, an area of town called Black Wall Street was burned to the ground by white supremacists. And then subsequently, basically covered up or just kind of erased from the history books for a good long while, you know, and um, we, we can't do that. We have to recognize that um First of all, we have to approach every person with a spirit of friendship, you know, and believe the best about them. I think that's the big thing, right? Is is that um, hopefully we can see a person as a person and as a child of God and and uphold um, the image of God, right? That that's reflected in each person and um, and the dignity that goes along with that. So, man, I'm just I'm praying for, like you said, that leader to come uh, that will unify people and um heal heal this nation and i believe that it's it's got to start with the church i think that the church really needs to be the church in this time and show compassion yeah. and love yeah, and i totally uh, you know, agree with that you sent me a song um that really spoke to me today man that that one um black and white yeah black and white um you know just talking about how there are and and this is something i saw in maryland when i lived there for four and a half years i I noticed that in a couple of different communities, you'd have you'd have First Baptist Church of this town, and then um, you know, fifty feet away, another First Baptist Church of this town. Well, one was for the white folks, and one was for the black folks. And it's yeah. you know that was back in the you know twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen, um, and and it's still that way. And if you go to the wrong one, then you'll know immediately, right? Because <laughs> I had a friend that went to the that went to the African American church. And, uh, and was like, okay, you know, they just thought it was like normal. They didn't even know. And, um, so it was just, it's just so eye opening, so strange that. So why don't uh, we do this? Why don't you yeah. tell me just a little bit about the song Love of a Savior that you sure. worked with, uh, with Gospel Lee and one other person, because it's yeah. kind of an interesting mix of folks. And, and that's a good message for a time like right now where we're trying to tear down these walls and build bridges and, and and get to know the grief and the and the struggles that some people have had. Yeah. Well, uh, earlier this year, um, in January, February, I started writing um, uh, stuff specifically for Easter weekend. I was like, really, I had Easter on my heart. I had Easter on my mind, and um, and so I kind of woke up in the middle of the night with a melody, you know, with an idea, and that hardly ever happens for me normally. Um, I have to be doing something like maybe driving somewhere, mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, folding the laundry. And that's when a melody will come to me. And then I'll try and capture that on a voice memo or something. Um, so it's usually in the waking, in the you know awake time. But this was like, I woke up in the morning and it was early. It was like 5 a.m. And I was like, oh man, this is, this is pretty good. This is cool. You know, I was like, uh, this is the love of a savior, something like that. And I was like, okay, I got to remember that. I got to remember that. I got to remember that. So then uh, in the morning, went to the piano, worked out the verses, worked out the chorus. Um, and I was like, man, this would be a fantastic Good Friday song. So we put together, uh, I put together some some lyrics around that, recorded a demo of it. But I felt like it was really missing um, 
the heart and the passion and just the gravity of like the, I guess the, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? The explicitness, well, the, the graphicness mm. of the rawness or the, yeah, the graphic explicit imagery of what Christ endured on the cross and leading up to the cross, um, for our sake. Like that is how, uh, he ultimately showed his love. The love of the Savior was shown through those acts. And so um, I have a friend named Gospel Lee, and we were at work, and I saw him, and I was like in a meeting, and afterwards I was like, hey, I would love it if you would rap on this song, because you know, Gospel Lee is an awesome rapper. We've been wanting to do something together for a long time. And I was like, this could be a really perfect opportunity. So I gave him the song and said, hey, I want to rap here, and I want to rap here, and I want to rap here, you know? And... uh so over a month or so, he put things together and it was just like, when I got him Uh-oh. into the room to record that, I was just like, that was the first time I'd heard what he wrote, written. And I was like, this is perfect. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So, um, so then, uh, I had my friend, Chris Seals, who is another, uh, awesome dude, fantastic indie artist. Um, and it just so happens that, you know, gospel and Chris are both African-American guys. They're, they're two of my good friends. Um, so I never really realized that we'd be getting into racial things, you know, just about a month or six weeks after we released this song. Um, but I, I think it just goes to show that um, when you are focused on the purposes of God, uh, he's going to put the people in your life that he wants, you know, to accomplish those purposes. Uh, and so I was able to collaborate with two amazing guys who happen to be black men, you know, uh, that are my friends. And I think it's a testament to how we can collaborate and partner and, and how something becomes so much more beautiful and so much more powerful, um, when you reach out to collaborate with others. So here is love of a savior. The earth grew dark, shrouded in shadow, the King of Kings, bloody and battered a crown of thorns a throne of timbers nailed to a cross to make a way for us love became the darkness when he became a part of us to fully grasp its heart for us he was beaten bruised and scarred for us scandal of graces of mystery yet so intentional how the king took my place he went from royalty to criminal traded your throne in heaven for two planks nailed together lowered yourself to death on the cross we live with you forever i'll never understand it your plans obscene and absurd it's the grace of the living word that i don't get what i deserve for our forgiveness you were broken 
Christian, where can people find out about your music? I know you're on Spotify, but what places would you like to point people to? Yeah, uh, well, uh, you can go to knucklesmusic.com. That's my official website, and my name is spelled N-U-C-K-E-L-S, knucklesmusic.com. I'm on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all those different places, Amazon. Um, I'm currently a part of Battle Creek Collective, which is the musical expression of the church that I'm uh, serving at. And um, I also have my solo stuff. Uh, And in a few months, I'll have... Uh, a new album coming out from my new indie rock band forever again and so be on the lookout for that as well this is ed and christian signing off from grace and 30 on w-e-r-a-l-p arlington 96.7 fm have a great night and be sure to tune into grace <laughs>